Good morning and welcome to the 7 a.m. Eastern Time Old Readers Anonymous, A Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Amy G and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Maryland. Today's date is Tuesday, July 25th, 2023. Today we are reading from the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We are in the chapter Working with Others. We are on page 95. The fourth paragraph, that is the last paragraph on the page, starting with, if he thinks he can do the job in some other way, ending in, let it go at that, just unpacking that one paragraph only. Today's readers are, and thank you to Team Tuesday, Rachel P., Nancy R., Mara Z., Esther F., Newcomer Greeter, Karen W., and the host for the second awesome unrecorded hour, Jeannie B., the reference numbers for yesterday, Monday, July 24, 2023, 7 a.m., 20,467, that's 20467, and for the 10 a.m. meeting yesterday, 20,468, that's 20468. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover. Through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Mara Z to read the 12 steps. Please go ahead, Mara. Good morning. This is the 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we were powerless over food that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us 
and the power to carry that out. 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. I pass. Thank you so much, Mara. I will now ask for Esther F. to read the 12 traditions. Please go ahead, Esther. Good morning. This is Esther F., a recovered compulsive overeater from Cleveland, Ohio. The 12 traditions. Number one, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OE unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requ- requirement for OA membership is desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prostrate prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, television, films, and other public media of communication. And 12. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for letting me do service, and I pass. Thank you, Esther. Okie dokie, how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the direction for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. If you go over, you'll hear me say time. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only, please. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star 1 to mute your phone again. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study in the big book. We're on the chapter Working with Others on page 95, the fourth paragraph, last paragraph on that page. And I'm going to ask Rachel P. to get us started. Please go ahead, Rachel. Can't wait. Good morning. This is Rachel P. Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Pennsylvania. If he thinks he can do the job in some other way or prefers some other spiritual approach, encourage him to follow his own conscience. We have no monopoly on God. 
We merely have an approach that worked with us. To point out that we alcoholics have much in common and that you would like in any case to be friendly, let it go at that. Um, you know, what this paragraph tells me is I don't want to have a sense of desperation um, when I'm working with, with potential sponsees or fellows in the program, especially people who are, you know, newer and, um, you know, are, are suffering in the disease. Um, and, I, you know, I, I really do think that we learn from mistakes, right? And, and when I first came into program and I worked the steps, I got recovered and I started sponsoring, um, you know, I was a proselytizer. I was, you know, somebody who was like, this is the answer, right? This is the only answer. I want everyone else to have this, you know, these steps and and know that, that you know, this is the only way to get better from compulsive eating. And, um, you know, I quickly learned that wasn't the right way to go about things. Um, you know, and what this work has taught me is, is what, what sponsoring really has taught me is to let go, is to do what I can, which is to share my story, because that's the best tool that I have to try to help somebody, um, you know, in addition to these steps. Um, so, you know, to really, really let go um, of the results and just do the best that I can in, you know, leveraging my experience in supporting somebody. And, you know, this sense of humility in, in knowing that I may not have all the answers. This is something that has worked for me. And, but I can't force it on anybody else. And if I try, I'm just going to push them away. So what I want to do is, is just share, like, this, this is my story. This is what my disease looks like. This is what I did to get better, you know. And, and my hope is that, you know, speaking with a sponsee, you know, my hope would be that you would choose, you know, to use this solution as well um, if it's right for you. But if it's not, that's okay too, right? I've had sponsees who, you know, after working some of the steps or even all of the steps said, you know, I'm going to try this other thing. And initially I fought against it and I was like, no, you're wrong. Like this, this is the only thing that works, you know, but, but after that experience, I've learned to just say, okay, if that could work for you, that's amazing. Um, you know, I don't have that monopoly on God. I don't have that monopoly on, you know, on recovery processes. I just know what has worked for me. And um, I'm so, so grateful for the experience of sponsoring because it's really taught me how to have better relationships with people that, you know, are characterized by humility and acceptance and, and peace and friendship rather than, you know, desperation or control. Um, and these steps teach me that and continue to teach me that. So thank you for listening. And with that, I will pass. Thank you so much, Rachel P., for stepping up and filling in and doing a great job. Thank you so much for sharing. And we're going to take names and numbers now. Just a friendly reminder, if you shared on either uh, Monday or Friday, although we value tremendously you sharing your experience, strength, and hope, we ask that you step aside so that others may share theirs as well. So who would like to share on what was read? Ginger C. Liz E. UK. Larry K. Liz E. Larry. Okay. Who else? 
Did you get Rivka? Rivka? No, I did not. Oh, Got you now. Better. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Anybody else? Don't be shy. We'd love to hear from you. All right. Well, we'll get started with that. Ginger C, Liz E, Larry K, Rivka R. Please go ahead, Ginger. Grab that mic. Let's go. Good morning, Amy. Thank you for your service. And um, Rachel, what a beautiful beginning and getting us going. I am Ginger C, a real compulsive overeater. And I could cry this morning, you guys, but I'm not. I'm just going to actually say woohoo because today is three weeks without a bite. Thank you, God, doing for me again what I absolutely do not do and never take credit for. And I just can't believe a month ago today is when I had my surgery after my accident. And that was the beginning. Like, who knows? For those that are still eating or struggling, who knows when that door is going to swing? And all I say is just don't give up. Don't give up. And I love this direction this morning. I've got to quit playing God. I don't know what's going to work for you. But if you find something and it works, go with it. I don't want you to eat no matter what, a day at a time, because food is deadly and it kills you. And it takes you to really bad, ugly places. I didn't realize I would go so low with this food. I'm below Bill. I always identified with his story. Nope, my story is deeper and darker. It's been absolutely unbelievable how far I've taken this food and where it's taken me. But I love this. I don't want to play God. I don't know. I love this set-aside prayer. You know, I'm just here. And I love this at the end, too. Because I've heard it with people, like if you don't do it a certain way, then I'm not going to be calling you and hanging out with you. And probably because I'm afraid. you got to do it my way because my way works and I don't know what you're talking about. And it's the only thing that I can go with. And the directions say, be friendly. No matter what. No matter what they're doing. No matter how it appears to you. Love and tolerance is always my code for that next person. And I just am going to end on page 19. It says that a real tolerance of other people's shortcomings and viewpoints, they have a right to their views and a respect for their opinions are attitudes which make us more useful to others. And my job every day is to stand by the door and to be of maximum, the most complete usefulness that I can for all humanity and all individuals. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much, Ginger C. All righty, Liz E., followed by Larry K. Please go ahead. Good morning, Liz E. for Elegant from the UK. Um, thank you, Amy. Thank you, everybody, for your service here today for this amazing meeting. Um, I just really want to encourage any shy sharers or people who've never shared, just, I've no idea what I'm going to say. I'm going to ask God to speak through me and just do star one. It really helps your recovery. Um, what really speaks to me is we have no monopoly on God. It's not my job to evangelize. It's not my job to over persuade. Um, 
Uh, it's not my job to do any of that. My job is to, um, you know, lightly share my experience, strength and hope, share my story. They might, somebody might get some identification. They might not. And I've learned that this is a really healthy way to do relationships in life generally, not to be over assertive, not to overburden people, not to evangelize. Um, and I mean, I evangelize in the broadest sense of the word, um, but come at it with zeal, which I, I'm prone to do as a compulsive overeater. I am very good at like pressing my opinion home with a lot of force. And that is not what we are encouraged to do here. We're encouraged to be kind. We're encouraged to be friendly. And being friendly means listening. And, you know, as I know people say, I've got two ears and one mouth. So being friendly is listening to them, giving them time, investing in them. And then just let it go at that. And how I get new sponsees is I generally speak to about 10 people and one person might come back and say, oh, Liz, can you sponsor me? I don't choose my sponsees. Um, God chooses them for me. If I've got space, I take them on. Um, I say, yes, I just share my experience, strength and hope. And we merely have an approach that worked with us, but we have much in common. And it's that is where we are. So I'm going to leave it there and have a beautiful day. And thanks a million, everyone. Bye. Thank you, Liz E. from the UK. We've got Larry K. up next with Rifka R. following. Go ahead, Larry. Hey, Amy. Good morning. Larry K., recovered compulsive reader from Chicago. Um, so uh, if he thinks he can do the job in some other way or prefers some other spiritual approach, encourage him to uh, follow his own conscience. You know, two key words for me in this paragraph, um, job and approach. <laughs> You know, what is the job and what is the spiritual approach that worked for us? Well, you know, the job they're referring to is, is not abstinence. It's not weight loss, weight gain, you know, uh, uh, you know uh, uh, improved relationship with your partner. Those, all, all those things may, may happen. The job is a relationship with power. And for me, this relationship is going to center around connecting with something beyond the limitations of my human existence. And, you know, I have to be clear, this power can be referred to as, as divine entity, God, creator, or any other term that resonates with one's own belief. And what I have found is that, you know, this relationship seems to be built on things like faith and trust and, and of course, surrendering control. And, and that leads me back to the word approach. You know, the paragraph is telling me, that if he prefers some other spiritual approach, you know, don't be offended, Larry. In fact, encourage him to pursue it. You know, after all, um, we, we don't have a monopoly on God. And the spiritual approach, the path, if you will, that, that you know, we've used to access power is the implementation of the 12 steps as a way of life. And I have to remember <clears throat> that this is just one way that the spirit can be awakened and ignited you know, in my life to move from darkness to light. There may be others, and, and that's okay. There is others. My job is not to convert someone to my spiritual ideology. 
it's not to convince others that the 12 step way of life is, you know, is the best way to live and you, and you have to live it. You know, I'm merely sharing information on what has worked for me, you know, and, and the moment that I have an agenda to pursue an outcome that I just know is best for Amy or anybody else, I'm not practicing these principles in all my affairs. You know, the bottom of the paragraph says, we'd like to be friendly. Let it go at that. You know, when I think about genuine friendliness, it's characterized by things like sincerity, kindness, right? A, um, a lack of hidden agendas. I carry a message of hope with enthusiasm, no doubt, but I never carry it as a mandate, as something as a notch on my belt. If it's a notch on anyone's belt, it's a notch on God's belt. You know, so um, I want to practice these principles in all my affairs. Um, so I, I learn from you guys. I learn in these paragraphs. I, I it'll never grow old for me. So with that, I pass. Thanks, Amy. Thank you so much, Larry. That's Larry K. from Chicago. All right, Rivka R. But before Rivka goes, just want to remind everyone we are on page 95. We are on the fourth paragraph, the last paragraph in the chapter Working with Others. So we're going to take names after Rivka. All right, so get ready. All right, Rivka, you're up. Please go ahead. Thanks so much. Good morning, Amy. Thank you for your service, and good morning, everyone. Um, I'm Rivka R., grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater in Baltimore. Um, the line that uh, jumped out at me is, we alcoholics have much in common. Like, yeah, if you have an allergy of the body and an obsession of the mind like I do, we have a lot in common. Um, we share a common universe of the insanity of being powerless to stop destructive eating and the unmanageability of distorted perceptions, living in resentment and misery. Like no one who's not a compulsive overeater would understand the, the constant state of shame and discomfort, not to mention emotional turmoil that I lived in. Like I remember thinking, am I doomed? to spend the rest of my life being uncomfortable in my body every second and craving relentlessly. Like I had no clue what normal eating was. From the time I was nine, I was either dieting or binging. And when I was dieting, I was miserable, feeling deprived and obsessed with food. And, and when I was binging, I was also miserable and obsessed with food and in physical pain. And like, no one except another compulsive overeater understands what it's like to be controlled by this, this, this more monster that I had inside. Like, what it's like to eat a whole meal, which was usually twice as much as my husband ate, and a half hour later be scrounging around for something else to eat and hiding because I couldn't let anyone see me. Like, my husband, who's a normal eater, actually uses food for, for fuel for his body. Like, he says things like, well, I don't need to eat so much tonight because I wasn't so physically active today. And I would think, well, what does that have to do with it? Or he'll be eating dinner and not finish it, and he'll say he's full and he doesn't want any more. Like, I had no clue what being comfortably full meant. I, I only had two states, either stuffed or empty. Or he left a bite of a cookie on, on his plate, and, and I asked him, what's that? And he said, that's the rest of my cookie. And I'm like, well, why didn't you finish it? And he's like, I wasn't hungry anymore, and like that is not the universe that we have in common. So, so the miracle is that I don't have to stay in that very miserable and insane universe anymore because we also have a common solution. It says in the big book the tremendous fact 
for every one of us, every one of us, is that we have discovered a common solution on which we can absolutely agree and upon which we can join in brotherly and harmonious action. Like Today, to have the freedom to live in that universe where I can surrender to the truth that more does not make me more happy or more satisfied or more content or more confident, but but being able to be abstinent and working the steps and simply relying on God does. So thank you, everyone, for being on this journey with me. Have a wonderful day, and I pass. Thank you so Thank you so much, Rivka R. from Baltimore, Maryland. Hello, Marylander. All righty. So we're going to take some more names. Oh, who else would like to share on where we're at? Uh, page 95, fourth paragraph. And the chapter working Sandra with Maria. Veronica C. Uh, Veronica, I heard, okay, Veronica C. I heard Sandra Maria from Sweden. Did I get that name right? Yes, that's correct. Oh, okay, from Sweden. Okay, and I missed those first two those two people that were came in together. Can you try again? Sarah G. Sarah G. Yes. Okay. And who was the other person? Sheer F. Sheer. Okay. All right. Phew. Thanks for your patience. All right. So it's Sandra Marie, Veronica C, Sarah G, Ken W A, Sheer F. Anyone else? Going once, going twice. All righty. We'll go with this group. Sandra Maria from Sweden. Please go ahead. Followed by Veronica C. Thank you. Can I still be hard? Can I still be heard? You're good. Please go ahead. Yeah. Thank you. Sorry. So I'm Sandra Maria, a compulsive eater and restrictor. Very grateful. And when I heard the, these lines, I thought of the beginning of my journey when I started to sponsoring many years ago, uh, I didn't have a close relationship to a personal God at that point, even if I was seeking. And I had so much uh, less recovery in codependency than I have now. So I really felt like such a burden and responsibility to sponsor in a way that I was like putting myself uh, needing to be God. And it was it was impossible. I had so much fear. And today when I'm in that stage of sponsoring, I just feel so relieved that I don't need to be God. I'm not supposed to be God. I shouldn't be God. It's like, yes, finally, I don't need to. I can just step down. And and also, I was thinking about one of the promises in the big book. We don't need to regret our past or uh, what happened. That could be like our greatest treasure. And uh, I mean, who can imagine that? But I never wanted to show anything. What I have most shame of all my life, that is something that is a treasure for someone else because it creates this identity and community, um, that sense of belonging and recognizing. And I, I had a conversation with someone yesterday and, and I just felt that glimpse of God inside of my deepest wounds by sharing it with another suffering fellow. So it's, it's really 
yeah, this program is amazing and it's surely God-given and I'm so extremely blessed and also really looking forward to going to sponsorship at this time. Thank you all for being there because without OA, I would not have been alive. That's true and that will always be true. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much, Sandra. Maria, uh, what is the initial of your last name? Sandra? Okay, well, it's uh, Sandra Maria Sweden. Sorry, okay, Veronica... I couldn't use myself. It's B, B, Sandra Maria B from Sweden. Got it. Thank you so much. All right, Thank you. Veronica C, you're up. Veronica, press star one on mute. Veronica C. Yes, Veronica C. from New York. Very grateful to be here this morning and hear people on the line. Uh, I, in my opinion, you know, the being a sponsor, it does carry a weight because I had to learn how to not only want to control but I had to learn how to let go. And I also then had to learn how to listen and respond and be a source of support as opposed to thinking that I was the person that had all of the answers. Now, I've been in the program enough and I've had enough failure, if you could say that, or you could say that I've had success because I have found myself in a position where um, I feel that I am living in God consciousness as much as possible. But even though I would say that I have this, I don't feel that I have as much that I would like to have to impart to people. Oftentimes I find that my voice is not going to share everything that I'm thinking and feeling as somebody is relaying something to me or telling me their story and wanting me to fix something. And I work really hard on not being in that fix-it place because for me, once I get into that place, um, I'm in more of an alanonic state, um, more codependent, and um, that's the other place where I could easily go. So being a guide and just being present um, can be some of the hardest moments that I can have with a sponsee because my brain can sometimes just race around and think about things that a person should do or be or what they might want to uh, even think. So I really, um, I don't really know sometimes all those type of things that I really want to impart on somebody, but the biggest thing for me is just being an open vessel, being able to listen, to hear, and then to offer what I find helpful for myself. And um, when I hear sponsees wanting to really control and come up with all of the answers, um, that's when I feel that sometimes I have to intervene and ask them what are they trying to accomplish? And more often than not, you know, they can see themselves if you just ask the right questions as opposed to uh, 
wanting to be the answer for them and, and the problem that's occurring. So, yeah, sponsorship um, carries a lot of weight for me. But it's just such a beautiful thing when I can just relax into it, not feel that I have all the answers, but know that I'm working with love. Because the moment that I do that, I find that, you know, there's something greater than me that comes in and kind of brings the message home. Um, That's what I really want to continue to do, bring the message home to the heart so that a person can take the action that they need to take to find recovery. With that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Veronica C. from New York. Okay, we have got Sarah G. Please go ahead, Sarah, followed by Ken WH. Hi, this is Sarah G., gratefully recovering in New Jersey. Thank you, everybody, for um, all of your beautiful shares and for your service. Um, I just... I've been wanting to share. It's been, I'm not the best sharer, but um, I wanted to make sure I did it today. <laughs> Someone said, just press star one, so I did it. Um, mm. so I wanted to say that um, I, and this paragraph is really so, speaks to me so well, because when I first started, I did have an agenda. My agenda was to help myself, but to help Already my, my agenda was to help others. I wanted to help my children, and I wanted to help my coworkers, anybody who I saw. And um, when I've had three sponsors, all very different approaches that, that God has given me. Um, you know, for, what, for whatever reason, I had to end um, a sponsorship and t- get another one. And each sponsor is has been wonderful, absolutely wonderful. And with... Um, one of them said, you just have to show them what good looks like. I, like Sarah, we lost you. Oh, no. Sarah, you're gone. Okay. I don't know why that unmuted. That muted. I, didn't tell, no. I, do you, I don't know where I, where I left off. Like about, I don't know, we only lost you for about five seconds, so keep going. Oh, okay. So, um, thank you. So, each of my my sponsors have had very different approaches, and um, each of them have been wonderful. You know, God took me through, you know, every sponsor is not the same, and each one has a different approach, but really tried to let me find my own. And now, and my present, my present sponsor is really trying to focus mainly on my relationship with God and letting me find my own way. And I think that this is what this paragraph is really talking about, trying to let people find what works for them the most, but through, obviously, through using God as our, um, our, as our power. And I just wanted to say that I'm so grateful for all the sponsors, all of you sponsors out there trying to help people um, find their way and the way that they can um, they can find their abstinence and um, their relationship with their higher power. And I just wanted to say thank you. Um, with that, I'll pass. Thank you so much, Sarah G. Thanks for pressing star one. Love to hear from you. Great. All right, Ken W.H., followed by Sheer Us. Go ahead, Ken. 
Thanks, Amy. I appreciate it. This is Ken WH, Recover Compulsive Overeater from North Carolina. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, as I read this paragraph, I'm, I'm aware that I'm dealing with somebody who uh, isn't really what hasn't really started the program yet. This is someone who may be uh, questioning whether or not this is the way to go for them. And I just need to treat it in that way. This is not somebody who is already working the steps. This is not somebody that that has fully embraced what I have embraced. So um, I have to treat it in that way. And and the book tells me, uh, back on page 94, it also said that just outline the program. And at page 55 and how it works, it says, if, if you've decided you want what we have, what I have, whatever, uh, you're willing to go to any lengths to get it, and you're ready to take certain steps. And then it says here are the steps we took, which are suggested as a program of recovery. Um, that's all I can do. And that's what I think I'm being asked to do here. Um, <clears throat> I just have to share with him that this uh, outline that I have laid out, uh, shared with him, uh, the 12 steps, worked for me. And it has worked for any number of people uh, very well. And um, here's here's an option for you. Um, I hope you pick it up. If not, you'll find another way. You will. If, if you have a desire to stop doing what you've been doing, that's all I can tell him. Just go for it. And um, I just want to be friendly. I want to share. I want to just, you know, you're free to call me anytime, whether you go this way or not. We can talk about it. Um, so I'm just trying to be helpful and um, put out the simple kit of tools, the 12 steps, which then lead to the simple kit of spiritual tools, and uh, let, them, uh, let them go at that. So that's all I have to share. Thanks for being here. Pass. Thanks so much, Ken WH from North Carolina. Okay, Sheer F, you're up, please, and we'll take a few more names. We're on page 95, uh, the fourth paragraph. All right, go ahead, Sheer. Good morning. Uh, this is Sheer F in northern New York, compulsive overeater for sure, <laughs> and uh, in recovery, thank goodness. Um, yeah, I was not going to speak this morning, and then Liz uh, got me going, so here I am. The thing that sticks out to me about this paragraph is obviously it's, you know, um, focused toward how do we 12-step somebody in a way that is respectful and open to wherever that person is at and where we don't try to force our own views on others. And it's just kind of funny because last night I was in a group of people were doing a little step six and seven workshop. And the character defect that I am working on right now is my tendency to blurt things. <laughs> and, and those blurts tend to be my opinion, um, what I think and why you're wrong and uh, I got myself into a really bad situation the other day doing that, and I offended some people and hurt a relationship that's important to me between me and um, some of my students. And I, you know, I was writing about this defect this morning and realized that 
it's self-centeredness. You know, the big book says selfishness, self-centeredness. These are the root of our problems. And yes, every one of my defects comes back to self-centeredness. How do I put my agenda across? How do I get, you know, how do I say what I want to say? I don't care what you think. I, 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 I. And, um, you know, it's true when we're 12-stepping. It's true in every situation. You know, I met somebody, I was talking to somebody yesterday who had a different political viewpoint from me. And as soon as he said what he thought, I sort of froze up. You know, I was like, oh, I don't want to talk to you. And then but that's not the person I want to be. That's not practicing the 12 steps in all my affairs. My job is to be an open, clear channel for my higher power to speak through me to whoever is around me. And if that person is not open to hear the message that I have, I need to shut up, <laughs> you know, whether it's about the 12 steps or something else. You know, I need to respect other people's autonomy and not always be trying to push my own agenda. My problem is that it happens unconsciously. It happens so quickly. So that's why it's a character defect and that I'm really praying to my higher power to give me that pause before I open my mouth and that pause to say, God, you speak through me. You say what, what needs to be said. Don't, don't let me have the reins because uh, don't let me have the microphone because I'm going to screw it up. So, um, so this is what, where my mind is going today with this paragraph. And I'm, I'm just grateful for all the shares and grateful for the opportunity to, to share myself. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Sheer F from New York, Northern New York. Okay, so we have time for a few more shares here, and we're on page 95, the fourth paragraph. Who would like to share, please? Pamela P. from New York. Pamela P. Who else? S Joe M. All right. Serene. I think it was Serene S. Hopefully I got that right. Uh, anyone else? Probably got time for one more, one or two more. Okay, you're going around page 95. Before, I'm sorry, was that someone else? Okay, we're on page 95, the fourth paragraph, and we're going to start out with Pamela P. Pamela P, please go ahead. Yes, hi, this is Pamela P. from New York. Um, so when I read it, I just feel that um, like I, the person like a early um not near recovery because not even not even thinking about the word recovery. Um still back into the old day of doing things and still feel hope that it is another way. But I know in no other way. Is this the way or you gonna die or you gonna be miserable. And so that is it. And right now I live in a homeless shelter and a lot of challenging trying to get that place, worry about my stuff in my ex house, what to do, um, how to survive with all the principle of the food, the distraction, the craziness. 
on lot, not a lot of reception in where I at, so it's hard to listen to the great meetings. Um, I ain't a laundromat now. I decided to go out to do my laundry because so much drama, and I'm missing all the amazing meetings. So I am not in recovery right now. I am struggling. I desperately want it back day one. I was doing that up and down, and then the food just got out of the and I'm getting sick a lot with allergic reaction here. So I'm kind of allergic to perfume stuff. So it just, and I miss talking to my fellowship. I used to make five calls a day. It's just my program is up, so I'm in a dangerous place in this disease. So I got to find a way with God and help to get my program on. I am in New York. It's a lot of face-to-face need I pursue, so I'm going to look into that. And I'm just praying. I think I pray. I do want that day one and get back into calming with the food. And I think life going to be perfect, great, but it's just more clear when I'm not into the disease or the substance, the sugar or the cough. So that's what I want to share. Um, is that a scary place to be where the person at in the paragraph and where I'm at now? So pray for me that I get my recovery back, and I always pray for my fellowship. God bless you all. I pass. This Pamela. Thank you, Pamela P. from New York. All right. Serene F., I think it is. Please go ahead. Hi, it's uh, Serene F. S is in Serene, uh, from New Hampshire. Thank you so much. You know, in listening uh, to the reading on this paragraph and, you know, being friendly and, you know, providing the information, the text, the, the steps, my own experience, um, and I find that when I work with somebody, maybe we're in the reading. Maybe we're doing the third step prayer together. Whatever we're doing, and then somebody decides, you know, they don't want to commit or they're not ready or they're not willing. You know, my experience has been I've been like a tugboat guy. You know, let me tug you along. And I, I really now go, you know, go do whatever you need to do. Sometimes, you know, sometimes they're not ready. You know, they haven't hit a bottom. I find that um, what I, I learn is I grow from this detachment um, and let them know that I'm there for them. And I also find with the text, when they're talking about whatever is going on, I come back to this was the center of my life. This was the priority for me. And then things fell into place as a result of the steps and having a new expanded God consciousness, but a completely new relationship, having done the work and continuing to do the work with a, a God that I could trust and rely on, because I also um, wanted to be counted on. I saw I wanted to be needed. I saw I wanted to have the answers. And I can't want something more for somebody than they want it. And action gets us to right thinking. It's not the thinking that's going to get us to the action. Desperation could get us to the action, but my experience was, you know, let go or get dragged or let go, let God. And and to get, I have to sometimes get out of the way. 
get out of the way of somebody else's journey, even though I know, as it says, there is a solution and there is a spiritual experience. But um, I provide the information. I make myself available. And um, if they balk or they resist, I expect some of that. Um, but at some point, I had, I had really good friends that tried another way, and they came back. And they regretted how long they had been out there. But I said, it says in the promises, no matter how far down the scale we go, any of that, we're going to be of usefulness. So anyway, in this reading, I just see, I can stay friends with people. I can be available. I can take outreach calls. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Serene S. from New Hampshire. Okay, Joe M., please go ahead, Joe. Star one, can't hear you. Sorry about that. I thought I was unmuted. Thank you, Amy, for your service. My name is Joe M., a compulsive overeater in Minnesota. We have no monopoly on God. We merely have an approach that works with us. And I've learned to stay rooted in the solution of this program as I'm having conversations with people who are questioning this program, who are questioning the approach or the method um, that we're talking about. And I, I learned a long time ago that trying to convince them to stay in the program, this does not work. It doesn't work for me, for my serenity. It disrupts my serenity, and it's not convincing to them. And what I've learned and what I've realized is that I'm not going to convince anybody of anything. What's going to convince someone is the addiction itself. And so when I'm having a conversation with someone who is doubting or questioning what we do, I will say, there's other methods that are out there. And, you know, we're really good at research and development as compulsive overeaters. So what I say is, hey, if you, you know, go keep experimenting and keep seeing what's out there, and if you ever want to come back, we'll be here for you. Because I don't want anything that I say in that conversation to be a barrier to them coming back if they want to come back, because for me, the way that I treat them in that conversation is an expression of God. If I were to be all, holy, you know, all self-righteous and everything, what does that say about God? That says that my God is self-righteous. Well, that's not attractive. But if I say, hey, go up there and, you know, and check everything else out, and, you know, and we'll be here for you. That's an expression of my God with that person in that moment. And then their addiction, if they are addicted, will convince them, and then we will be here for them if they do want to come back. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you so much, Joe M. from Minnesota. All right, we have time for, uh, looks like, one more share. Who would like Freya to H. Out? Freya, please go ahead. Oh, thank you so much, Amy. Freya oh, H., Recovered Compulsive so, Eater. Am I being heard? Yes, go ahead, Freya. Okay. I'm a recovered compulsive eater bulimic restrictor. I'm in Colorado. Thank you so much. And thanks, everybody, for the shares. Really good stuff. I love all the references to other places in the book. I'm so glad that this is in here, that it says very clearly, black and white, we have no monopoly on God. We merely have an approach that worked with us. It is so important for me to see this humble approach and these humble words 
reminding me that this is not the only game in town. You know, like this is, 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 do I believe that God is limited to 12 step programs or am I open, you know, does my concept of God include, you know, this vast array of other spiritual resources that are out there? I do not know what's best for anybody else. And a huge part of my disease is thinking that I do know what's best and, and thinking that if I just get in the right group, you know, if I just, if I just do, I find the right approach to the steps or I find the, you know, the right fellowship, then I'll be safe and protected. And that is nothing more than using the program as an addict. You know, the, the point of this 12 step process is to get me connected to, to this higher power. And if I'm trying to play God for somebody else, that's definitely going to block me from, from my own connection. So when I get triggered or when I find that I have an agenda or I realize that I am trying to convince somebody, it's an opportunity to do my own work. And that is actually what makes working with others so valuable is because it brings up my own stuff so that I can then, you know, a- apply it to this process and God can show me more. And I am very grateful to say that today I genuinely, in my heart, total neutrality, do not believe that I know what's best for anybody else, nobody that I work with, and that all I have is my own experience. And I'm, I'm so grateful for the expansive concept of God that I have today and, and that I know that it's going to keep growing. And um, so thanks for the opportunity to share. I'll pass. Thank you, Freya H. Well, actually, we have time for two minutes if someone uh, would like to share. This is Mary B. Do you ha- can I be heard? Is it is it okay? Mary. Mary, you've got Hi, two minutes. Mary. Hi, my name's Mary B. I'm a compulsive eater and I'm grateful for the meeting. I just wanted to say that I in the past had to do step tens on on um on sponsoring and most of it is around my selfishness around what, how I expect other people to think, act and behave and having come into vision for um, very recently from a, another approach, still using the big book, I have really, 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 really surrendered this time to, um, you know, an absence that, 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 is, that is true and honest. And um, it's a big reminder and level for me around you know, the previous um, resentments I've had about other people's resistance to the concept of entire abstinence, and that's just has particular resonance for me at the moment um, in the context of Chapter 7. So, yeah, I just wanted to, 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 to voice that and to say that I'm very grateful for the support and fellowship that I've received as I walk alongside others in this program. So, yeah, thank you for that. Thank you so much, Mary B. Where are you from? Wanted to let people know where you're from. They wanted to look you up on the contact list. I'm uh, from the UK, and my number. Shall I give my number now or later? No, no, you don't need to. We just need you to know where you're from. That's all. Yeah, no, Mary B. From the UK. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Thank you so much, Mary B. Okay. All right, we're going to wrap things up here, folks. Thank you, everyone, for an awesome uh, meeting, and thank you to Team Tuesday for the month of uh, July. Thank you so much for your service. 
We will now close with a reading from the big book on page 164. Oh, I'm sorry, the share ID for, yes, uh, for today, Tuesday, July 25th, 2023 is 20,470. That's 20470. That's for today, the 7 a.m. meeting. We will now close with a reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Um, Nancy R., would you please read the vision for you? I know I throw a curveball there. It was Rachel P., but I figured, Nancy R., you could uh, come in and read vision for you. If not, we can go back to Rachel P., whoever's available. Hi. Hi. It's Nancy R. Thank I'm you. here. <laughs> Great. Sorry, I got confused. No problem. I threw you a curveball, but we'd love to have you read. Please go ahead. Okay, here we go. Um, our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come. If your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you stand God. Admit your fault to him and to your fellows. Excuse me, clear of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then. <laughs>